Hello and welcome to Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and uh, this is the big episode 100 show. Uh, as you can probably hear, my voice does sound a little bit different. If you've been following me on uh, the Facebook page or social media, you will know that I've been recently in the hospital having my appendix out and apparently one of the side effects of uh, appendicitis is that you sound like uh, a guy afterwards. I didn't know this. Maybe they should talk about it a bit more. But uh, it's just one of those things that happens, I guess. Is anyone is anyone buying this? No? All right. Well, it's me. It's me, Ben. I'm uh, Kirsty's big brother. Some would say her older, smarter, more handsome, uh, more appendix-having older brother. And... Uh, yeah, Kirsty's still in the hospital, but uh, on her deathbed, she's essentially been pleading, going, uh, uh, I don't ask much of you, my big brother Ben, but I do ask you this. Please, please get a message out to my fans. They need, they need to hear from me. Perfect Kirsty impression, nailed it. And she uh, asked me to cobble together a little, uh, a little clip show of sorts. Uh, for those who don't know, probably all of you, I uh, also have a podcast, Insane Ramblings, and uh, she's been a regular guest on that show where uh, we did a segment called The Kirsty Experiment, which was basically a recap of her dating misadventures. So she's asked me to compile basically a best of from The Kirsty Experiment clips and uh, yeah, present them here. So even if she couldn't record a new episode while she's in the hospital, you'll have something to keep you going. But quite foolishly, she essentially left me the keys to her reality TV kingdom. So it's not like I'm just going to introduce these clips and run. No, no, no. I've got an audience now, which is something that on my own podcast I'm not used to. So I'm going to make the most of it. So while I have your attention... I thought in between these clips, I would just do a little bit of a uh, rundown because it's episode 100, guys. Like, we've got to make this a big one. And now that I think about it, I don't even know if she's got appendicitis. This could have all been a plan that the pressure was mounting. It got too much. 99 episodes in, she's like, shit, I didn't plan anything for episode 100. And the people, the fans, as she uh, would put it, uh, are expecting something, something big. And so she's faked this illness, gone straight to the hospital, got hopped up on morphine. Is like, I'll let Ben handle it. And handle it, I will. So, yeah, I'm going to do like a bit of a rundown of my favorite reality TV moments. I know that she mostly talks about Housewives and, uh, what is it, Married at First Sight. These are shows that I don't watch. So if you're coming to this episode looking for... Married at First Sight, Scoops, I'm sadly not your guy. But I know you've been craving a lot of Bachelor and Bachelorette content on this podcast. I mean, it's not called The Housewives Podcast. It's called Reality TV and Me. And uh, Bachelor is prime reality TV. And uh, you guys have been obviously deprived of it on this podcast. So I'm here to fill the void. All right, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear our first Kirsty experiment. This one is with Russell, the guy with the girlfriend. Uh, spoiler alert, it did not end well, if you could not tell from that title. <laughs> In fact, I don't think it even began well. So, yeah, on the other side of this clip, we're going to talk Bachelor. 
I'm a big Survivor fan. Annoyingly, it's been off the air for about a year now, or what feels like seven years with this pandemic. But listen to this, and I'll uh, walk you through some of my favorite moments from reality TV history. How's that sound? All right. Roll the clip, me. This is The Kirsty Experiment. I'm your host, Ben, and this is the show where my sister, Kirsty goes on dates and she tells us all about them. In this new uh, and improved international edition, we are hearing from Kirsty in Italy. How's it going? Buongiorno. <laughs> well, that's proof that you're over there. <laughs> right. Okay, so originally my plan was to move to Italy and find a husband that I could leech off and, you know, move here and be happy in Italy for the rest of my life with an Italian stallion, sure. obviously. How's that going? But it turns out that the Italians that move to Australia or, you know, move overseas or whatever are like the brave, sexy Italians. <laughs> okay. And the ones that are here are the ones that don't want to live too far away from their mothers and are scared of the big bad world and live in Europe. Like they could literally buy a Ryanair flight for $13 to go to another country in an hour and they haven't left their little town. So it's very difficult to meet somebody that is um, interesting, but I have had <laughs> a few interesting experiences Okay, I haven't been on any Tinder dates here, but I did join Tinder just to see what the difference was. Okay. And it is so weird. <laughs> yeah. The talent Tinder is like, it's just literally everyone in Speedos, like, lying on the beach. And, like, <laughs> they, like, stand up, they're like, in the, they're, like, leaning on a rock. Like, it's just so what you would expect. Yeah, like... It's, uh... um, very, very casual, totally. <laughs> super, super casual, posed as if like in some kind of fireman calendar. Awesome. It's just like so insane. I mean, it's incredibly intimidating and literally half the people on it are like you talk to them for a second and they're just like sex, question mark, <laughs> or they are engaged or married or... Like everybody here, this is the thing about Italian men as well, because they basically just want a mother, they want someone that's just going to look after them, they will be in a relationship for years and years and they're not happy but they stay and then they'll like cheat constantly. It's like normal. Yeah. So that when they find someone that is slightly better than the person they're with currently, they'll just like bounce onto the next relationship and do the same thing. It's a totally different way of thinking about uh, relationships. It, it's really strange. And um, all right, I'll tell you this story. Oh, I was out like at a bar, just like a local bar. So I live in a really small town. And so every time you go to a bar, you like see the same people because... There is about 20 people in the town. Yeah, exactly. And it's like all the young people just come together on a Friday and Saturday night and go to the same bar. Sure. And so I met this guy... This Italian guy, he was, I'll call him like, I'll call him Russell because it's not an Italian name, but he looks like a kind of like cleaned up Russell brand, okay. like a young Russell brand, like with the long hair and the tattoos and kind of like a cross between him and this drag queen, Adore Delano, <laughs> that I'm completely obsessed with. So he was gorgeous, but... I was already a bit wary of him because he was only 31 and, you know, I like 
the old man. This is well below your typical age limit. I mean, I'm 28, so what am I going to do with the 31-year-old? Yeah, of course. Anyway, <laughs> he, we were chatting. We were getting along really well. He was funny. Like I was like, oh, okay, this guy's interesting. And he traveled the world, right? Like he, whatever his job was, took him to work all over the world. So it's like, okay, an Italian man that has actually left Italy, like that's pretty impressive. And we thought maybe he would have like an open mind and you know, it was kind of interesting. Um, that night we just like chatted, whatever, exchanged numbers. And then I think the next week we went on a date. They took me to this really like isolated bar that I'd never been to and it was like hidden away. I'm like, what's going on? This is like, I felt like it was secretive. And I'm like, do you have a girlfriend? He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you <laughs> were, like, oh, yeah. he was taking you to somewhere that she would never go just so that you didn't run into her in the small town. Yeah, or either friends ever see, see him or, you know, like it was just the most like isolated place. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like hiding in like the back room as well. <laughs> this is <laughs> And, um, so, yeah, I think I asked him if he had a girlfriend. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh. So he didn't deny it. No, he was like straight up with it. So, yeah, of course. Being Everyone together. in Italy's got girlfriends. This is how we roll over well, yeah. Here. Yeah. That's like, that's how, that's how he said it. And he said they'd been together for six years. You're just casually taking me on a date? Like, that is so weird. And he was so unbothered by it. Like, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, you know, actually, I have a girlfriend and I'm pretty unhappy. It was like, yeah, I have a girlfriend. What of it? Yeah, yeah, that's how it rolls. So are you. <laughs> no. He probably just didn't want to run into her and her new date that night. Her date, yeah. yeah. It was date night where they go on dates <laughs> yeah. with other people. It's date night, not together, but it's date night. Yeah. yeah. Why would they spend time together? Right. We've done that for six years. So weird. And he said like in, I don't know what country he was. I think he was living in Germany for like 10 months or something. He's like, oh yeah, everyone in Germany like called me trouble or whatever. I'm like, like he said it like as if he was like cool or, and I was like, oh, <laughs> bad boy. But I know <laughs> that there are only two reasons people get called trouble because I'm a maniac and people call me trouble and crazy and shit all the time. There are two reasons. Okay. One is player and you sleep around, mm. and two is you do a lot of drugs and you party hard. <laughs> These are the only reasons people will call you trouble because you are a maniac. So it's not it's not exciting to me. I'm like, oh, great, you're cheating on your girlfriend, and I'm, you're probably sleeping around, and you're probably a drug addict, so I know how to pick them. So you, you weren't looking <laughs> for trouble? I mean, trouble finds me. <laughs> this is a story I, I honestly, you know what I've been thinking a lot about lately is that I seem to, even in Italy where I thought, you know, I live in a really small town. There are like five people in this town and somehow I still am this walking thunderstorm everywhere <laughs> I go, but I don't realize I, I like try la 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 through life, like nothing's going on. And then it's like behind me is this like the, everything's like up in flames and I'm just like, keep walking. And I don't even notice until like, I have a reason to look back and be like, Oh, did I do that? <laughs> You're like the baby from baby's day out. <laughs> the baby just like obliviously walks onto construction sites and he's like, you know, life is in danger at every moment, but he's just a baby. He doesn't know. He just keeps going. That's my life. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I'm trying so hard, man. I'm trying so hard just to like, I don't know, be good and not get in trouble. And it's not my fault. Trouble finds me anyway. So that's basically my date with him. It's a fun night and whatever. And, oh, and then I mentioned like I was, this is before I went to Canada. I went to Canada for a couple of weeks, I don't know, a couple months ago. And, um, I mentioned that I was going to see, I said my boyfriend in Canada, like I'm going to see my other boyfriend in Canada just to see how he would react. Oh yeah. And he got so jealous, like crazy jealous. And there wasn't anyone even that in Canada, you're just making this up to mess with him. No, I meant Luigi. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I was going to see someone that I care about a lot, but I was just saying it to kind of mess with him. I was using the word boyfriend to mess with him, you know, it's not my boyfriend. And, um, I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I've got a boyfriend that I'm going to visit in Canada. And he was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? You've got a boyfriend? I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, you've got a girlfriend. So what's the big deal? He's like, I don't like that. (laughs) Crap. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Well, now you know how we feel. He would message me like, oh, let's catch up this week and over. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, I'm always free. And then he would be like, okay, well, I've got an hour free at 11 o'clock on Friday night. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're like a secret agent. That's not an acceptable uh, time frame. And he would say it like it was so – and then he like cracked it at me because I didn't make any effort when I said to him, well, I'll see you if you want to take me out to dinner like a normal person and not just see me for an hour on a Friday. Like, I'd rather be in bed. He's like, do you know how many girlfriends I already have to see like a normal person? I can't handle another one. <laughs> oh, so annoying. So eventually I was messaged and I'm like, look, I don't think this is going to work. Like, you know, first of all, you've got a girlfriend. Second of all, you want to see me in the middle of the night, like once every three weeks. This is bullshit. And I never did see him at that time, by the way. I haven't got much self-respect, but I do have a little... Well, no, I favor sleep very highly. Sure. That's the real reason. (laughs) I'd rather be asleep. And so I was just like, come on. Eventually, like, he messaged me once and I was just like, you know, this isn't going to work. You know, you have a girlfriend and you don't make time for me and this is just boring. Like, I'm not invested at all. And he was like, oh, he was so upset. He's like, but, you know, like, I literally play soccer, like, down your street and you never even come see me play. I'm like, what? Am I in a high school fucking movie? Am I supposed <laughs> to sit on the beach and, like, be, like, like, cheering out your name? Yeah. Plus he plays till, like, a, he plays late at night. No, I'm not going to sit out in the cold and cheer for you. And also it's like, soccer, come on. No, who wants to watch this? That's a girlfriend's job. Yeah, that means his girlfriend's not even going to these games. Exactly. (laughs) And that night I ran into him at the bar because, you know, obviously everyone's at the bar. And I was just like, huh, because he told me that he was going to be with his girlfriend that night. I'm like, oh, so where's your girlfriend? Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, she's at home. I like I just decided to go out when he when he like ditched me for his girlfriend and then I was like all right well whatever that's like I'm not we went on one date and um and then he was like I don't know he's just so he's just the typical Italian man getting annoyed at you for like not bending to his every whim when he's literally giving you an hour at 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night (laughs) 
What a douchebag. <laughs> I think that sums up your uh, dating life. What a douchebag. Yeah. I think that's um that's him kind of rounded rounded up and um and and also most Italian men, not to <laughs> generalize, but I've been here a while. You've kind of got that impression. Well, uh, thanks for sharing. We'll uh, no doubt hear more of Kirsty's escapades. Stick around for more Kirsty experiment in the weeks to come. Thank you. That was a good one and or horrifying one as they all tend to be. Now, I promised you some Bachelor. How about we've just finished the latest season with Tasha? It was, as they say, the most dramatic season in Bachelorette history. And uh, I think for once they actually lived up to that hype. Uh, but let's go back and let's see the contenders because there's been some very dramatic seasons. So uh, I'd like to uh, compare and contrast. Uh, and I've made a list of 100 uh, top reality TV moments of all time for episode 100. Now, I don't think we're going to be able to get to this whole list. I don't even think that we're going to be able to get to more than about a dozen of them. But let's reel off a few between Kirsty Experiment clips. Uh, so, first of all, I wanted to uh, remind everyone on The Bachelor when uh, Colton jumped the fence. That was quite a moment. Let's have a listen. We have seen many wild and shocking things on The Bachelor, but nothing like what we witnessed last night. Colton's worst nightmare came true. The woman he was falling in love with, Cassie, broke his heart and told him goodbye. And what did Colton do? Well, he jumped an eight-foot-high fence in a single bound and disappeared into the darkness of the Portuguese countryside. Colton! And now he's lost, vanished into the night. What will happen next? Is the show over? Will Colton return? Will he remain a virgin? You'll find all that out next week during a two-night live finale. And, of course, we're going to talk about a lot of that here tonight. So that's, uh, that's number 31 on my top reality list. Let's uh, scroll down a little bit. Here's uh, 63, uh, in no particular order, obviously. Uh, Big Brother France, when uh, the house burned down three days into filming and the contestants had to spend the rest of the time in a smoldering pile of rubble. That was an amazing reality TV moment. Do we have a clip? We don't have a clip, sorry. Uh, what about on The Real Housewives? This is number 91 uh, on my list. When uh, Cynthia and Marguerite had a falling out over an unfortunate faux pas at Claudette's beach house. Who could forget such a time? Uh, <laughs> I, that takes me back, doesn't it? And uh, all right, one more for the record. What about the time on the mole? This would be my, like, let's say... 14th favorite reality TV moment of all time on the mole when uh, they forgot to pick a mole. And so there was no one sabotaging any of their challenges and uh, no one won the prize money, despite the fact that they did quite well because uh, no one correctly guessed the mole being that there wasn't one. That was another great moment in reality TV history that I don't think any of us can forget. Uh, all right, let's get back to the Kirsty experiment. After all, it is her show. So uh, this is the time that she had a run in with, the Sticky Sweaty Man. Sounds great, doesn't it? Let's listen. Buongiorno, come stai? <laughs> Why, 10 years on, are we still making this fucking show? The age-old question. Oh, I mean, it's so fun to listen to and it's going to be great when I'm old and I'm just like, oh, what a wild one. <laughs> but also, 
you know, in, it's fun to recount the stories, but I have to live them also. Yeah, there is that first step that makes it difficult. So just, I just want the listeners to keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that in mind, who's next on the hit list? Okay, next is actually my first Italian date. I think I'd been here like a month and this was during the heat wave. So in some parts of Italy, it was was like 49 degrees. It was absolutely bonkers. Here, it was like between 38 and 40 degrees every day for about two weeks. It was hell. So picture that. It had been 38 degrees for about a week at this stage. Everyone's starting to lose their minds. And um, I, I went on this date with who we'll, we'll refer to as Stinky Sweaty Man. And look. I mean, it sounds good. I, like, I don't know what could have gone wrong with that lead-in. Look, it was difficult not to be stinky and sweaty at that time, right? Like, I get it. Everyone was because it was a heat wave. Everyone was. Yeah. Everyone was angry and hot and sweaty all the time. But this guy took it to the next level. So he, I was introduced to him by a friend in Australia. He'd actually lived with her for a while when he was living in Australia. He lived in Australia for a while. So again, I was like, okay, well, this is an Italian man who has lived in Australia. So he knows kind of, well, at least he knows what an Australian woman is like, because often you'll meet some people here guys here and they think foreign girls are just like super easy because like especially Americans, Germans and Australians because we're like we're like bubbly and happy and we talk to people and we laugh. But is it also like, because like the the majority of people that they meet from those countries are only in town for like a few weeks and so Yeah, probably yeah. as well. And also Italian girls don't don't flirt. It's like they just they're very quiet. It's like you wait like your whole life just for somebody to come up and talk to you and then that like they're your boyfriend and you get married. So it's just like it's very culturally different. I find like people think I'm really like aggressive and forward here. They're either terrified of me or like in awe. They're like, how do you do that? (laughs) It's true. It's very different. And you're like, well, I just talked to someone. I mean, people are afraid of me in Melbourne too, but here it's like it's, it's very it's more extreme. It's more noticeable All right. because like people just don't, don't put themselves out there at all. Whereas if I like someone, I'm just like, Hey, you know, want to buy me a drink okay. or like go on a date or but, like, I won't just wait for somebody like just stare at me from across the bar for three years and then finally ask me out, you know, yeah. I don't have time for that shit. Um, so stinky sweaty man got introduced to him uh, through a friend on Instagram and I was excited because, yeah, he'd lived in Australia for a while and I knew he'd travelled and whatever. So he was, you know, obviously willing to explore. He looked kind of cute on Instagram. But this is the other thing you have to realise. You don't do dating apps, so maybe you haven't noticed this world. But it's, you know, it's the whole thing of put it, projecting an image of yourself, the best image of yourself to the world on social media and Tinder and Instagram and everything. So often when you meet someone, they look absolutely nothing like their picture and the problem is you like you always forget this or you're always hopeful that maybe this one will actually look like his picture yeah and they're either like way fatter or way shorter or just 
just like super ugly and (laughs) it sounds so bad, but you know, it's because I'm like not a superficial person. I love ugly boys, but (laughs) it's, I do. I love an ugly man, but it's like, it just like kind of feels like you've been lied to like right off the bat. It's like you're lying to me before you, we've even started our relationship. So I don't trust you. It's kind of like, that's, that's that kind of betrayal. Like I get, I get the TV show catfish for that reason. It's like, it's, they're always like, Oh, but you know, my personality is still the same. It's like, yeah, but you're a liar. Yeah. Like you started off being a liar. Anyway, whatever. Maybe I'm just a superficial asshole. Anyway, so I met Stinky Sweaty Man. I'm all excited because my friend knows him. She's vouching for him, saying he's nice and he's fun and whatever. And um, my friend V, who lives next door and brought, like, kind of brought me to Italy, she felt like it was a bit dodgy. Like he was a bit of a, he was, I hate to see, he was was not going to be good enough because I was like, okay, well, you can pick me up, right? Because I don't have a car. I've just moved here. I've been here a month. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can't pick you up. I'll be riding my bike. Like he doesn't, like didn't have, have didn't have a car or something. Like you're Italian, you live here, you don't have a car. When you say bike, is he talking like motorbike or just push bike or? Push bike. Okay. So it's a forty degree day. I get I get dressed up because my first date in months, and I'm looking good. And I have to take a bus. I have to take a bus for an hour because. Like I, this is a, we were meeting like 20 minutes away, but I have to take a bus. So it took me fucking forever to Modena. And, um, I'm in this town that I didn't really know. He, we meet up and I'm just like, Oh, because he's ridden his bike there, which wasn't even his bike. I found out later. He <laughs> borrowed someone. <laughs> he borrowed someone's push bike to meet me. He is covered in sweat. He's wearing like one of those basketball jersey things. Yeah. So like he, he is like the hairiest weedy man I've ever seen. So all his hair is like stuck to his body in sweat. He hugs me and I'm like wet with sweat. Oh my God. He smelled so bad. Like, it, you know, when you, like when it's really like wet sweat, it doesn't really smell. It's just, you know, water essentially. Yeah. But he smelled bad. Somehow he had both, the smell and the sweat. Yeah. It was like, how long have you been riding for? And and I was a bit late, so he was like, oh, I just rode around for a while while oh waiting for you. I'm like, I, I can tell. Yeah. Like, you should have found a shady spot or like yeah. sat and got a cold drink somewhere air-conditioned. This is outrageous. And anyway, he's like, I'll buy you an ice cream. It's like, okay. At least I can get an ice cream out of it. So we went and got an ice cream. And that was like all he spent money on that day. So he he had decided like, I don't know, a week earlier that he was going to stop drinking, which meant that like he wasn't taking me to a restaurant. We didn't get lunch. We didn't even get drinks. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. We went to like a, a little shop, like a Seven Eleven, like a little, one of those little stores bought a giant bottle of water and sat in a park in underneath the, like not even under a tree. We were in like underneath the scorching sun drinking, sharing one giant bottle of water. <laughs> How do you always end up in a random park? 
I end up in parks, but usually I'm drinking wine. What the fuck? Yeah, somehow you found a <laughs> level below the park wine experience. Come on. It is 100 degrees. Take me to a fucking restaurant. You can order water and, I don't know, buy me a Sprite. Like, I am literally sweating out of every pore. And you smell bad. And this is just a disaster. And I, it was so bad. So I... And did you, like, say... Like, did he seem like this was all normal? Like, we're just going to go to a park and drink water? Yes. Yes. This was (laughs) normal for him. This was what he did. This was his life. I mean, I was was shocked. And this, oh, just to rub salt in the wound, I'm sitting here with this man that's melting next to me. (laughs) And there's this gorgeous man. Because we're in, like, a fucking oval park, there's this gorgeous man running laps around me. Like the entire time. And I'm just like, no, wait, <laughs> come back. Come back. <laughs> Every time he ran past and he's like giving me like the sexy eye and I'm just like, please help me. <laughs> and eventually just ran away and never came back. And sure. I had to do the same thing. I waited it out as long as I could. That was a non-offensive time, but I could have left the moment I, I got there. I was just like, this is just, this is not on. So you didn't like ever tell him like, this is the reason that I'm not going to see you again. No, cause he kind of started to be like a bit of a dick after a while. So I was just like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work out. So I'm like, he, I was actually glad he started to be offensive. Cause I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go. Yeah. And I don't think we should see each other again. And I just walked away, but there were so many reasons that I could have left. It was just, it was just one thing after the other of me just being like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I need to get, get the bus home again. Like, you know, it's he's a- like talking to his friends. It's <laughs> like, she didn't appreciate my park water. I don't know what's wrong with her. <laughs> oh, that was my first date here. So yeah, I took a break from, from dating for a while after that. I was just like, fuck this. <laughs> There you go. There's Stinky Sweaty Man. Well, thank you. That's uh, another just episode in the life of Kirsten. And uh, I can't wait to hear more. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, again, just another normal day in Kirsty's dating history. Um, all right. Let's keep going through this list of uh, top reality TV moments. First off, I want to go to number 39. This is Joan Rivers versus Annie Duke on The Apprentice. Uh, basically... I just wanted to bring this clip up so I could do my Joan Rivers impression. A poker player. A poker player. You are a piece of and you're a stupid blonde. That's simple. And you have been so manipulated. You have been so manipulated. She is going to knock you off. Do you think you're going to win? Let me, you are not okay. going to win. I don't want to hear. You're okay, not going to win. Joan, You've been I'm still here. I'm still here and Melissa's not. So how am I the one that's manipulated? How about that? Figure it out. Yeah, Figure I'm still out. here. Good. How about does that? Does this mean that much to you? Yes, it does, because I want to give $250,000 to my it's charity. It's not all That's about money. Oh, yes, it is. Suddenly, it's about money. This woman has things twisted. That's why we're here. We are here to raise money for our charity, OK? I don't want to hear this charity nonsense. Charity is a very wonderful thing. And your people, you give money with blood on it. I met your people in Vegas for 40 years. None of them have last names. None of them. They have cash fulls of... You're a poker player. A poker player. That's, That's awesome. beyond white trash. Poker players oh, are poker the most players. awesome people poker in the world. Poker players are trash, darling. Trash. 
poker players are some of the sweetest, most nicest people. A poker player. A poker player. I don't know how she does it. It's like she's uh, got no more breath left in her. And yet she's able to squeak out so so much disdain with so little words. A poker player. It's the best. Uh, All right, next on the list, how about uh, number 99? Uh, That season of Survivor where Jeff Probst got voted out in the first episode and the rest of the cast were just stranded on a Fijian island. That was a a memorable one. Some uh, fun challenges, though. Um, Or uh, MasterChef where they did that weird uh, season where every single challenge was just to make toasted sandwiches. I mean, it was different. I'll give them that. You got to give them points for trying something new. Or uh, Laguna Beach. I mean, technically, whether it's a reality TV show or not, debatable, but we can't forget the episode where Kristen Cavalieri was buried in the sand up to her neck and we just spent the rest of the episode watching her get pinched by crabs and cry for help in real time. That was some groundbreaking stuff, you guys. Let's not forget it. All right. uh, (laughs) Back to the Kirsty experiment, the stuff that you came here for. Uh, or more accurately, probably didn't even come here for, but are now forced to endure. Um, this is the uh, time that Kirsty found herself in a throplet. Another uh, totally normal day in Kirsty's life. Have a listen. Hello. Welcome to my sad little world. <laughs> we have a special Italian international edition. Ho, ho, ho. I mean, that's, that's more French. I'll take it. And so... Uh, What's the story that we're being regaled with today? Okay, so this is not so much a traditional dating story. Mm, okay. Because after Stinky Sweaty Man, which we heard about last week, I decided to take a break from the dating circuit and um, hang out with my friends, which, you know, sounds like a positive way to go. I'd say so. And it is. I, I live next door to... My best friend V and her boyfriend G, and they're amazing. And like they they've just kind of like looked taking me under their wing here. And V is super fun, but she's always like working. She's doing her masters and stuff, and she's also a teacher, so she's really busy. So is G, but he kind of travels for work. So on the weekends, he's back here and ready to like lose his shit. And I don't do a whole lot, so I'm always like just up for whatever. <laughs> All right. G is kind of like me in that he doesn't like know his boundaries or his limits and it's kind of always accidentally getting himself into trouble. I'm like, what I do? Perfect. How did this happen? Ah. And um, the kind of just like, again, like walking babies, like bouncing off walls and not really <laughs> sure how we ended up, wherever the fuck we ended up. And V is like crazy and wild but she knows her limits like an adult and she kind of just has to like wrestle the two like crazy children into place every now and then, or they'll die. Yeah. And we're in a bit of a pickle at the moment because V has gone back to Australia for six weeks and left the children alone. So we are constantly arguing about who has to be the adult in this relationship mm. and neither of us want to do it. So we're pretty sure it's going to go one of two ways. One being we just end up having like, a six week bender. Uh, two is we die. Um, <laughs> and, and it's so far, you know, it's been like three days, two days. Yeah. I haven't even seen G because I think we're both too scared that the world will implode if we just like 
<laughs> if we spend time together without V. Because no one take care of us. It's terrible. <laughs> and we're both extremely needy and need a lot of attention. So anyway, that's kind of to set the scene. But I somehow found myself in this like sort of throplet situation Uh-oh. that I'm now like an essential part of this couple. Okay. It's not like a sexual thing. It's just purely friendship. But it's like... This is V and G that you're talking about? Yeah. 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 Like wherever they go, whenever they go anywhere together, they bring me and I'm just <laughs> always, I'm just always there. And I love it because I don't have many friends here and especially not like ones that I really click with because it takes time, you know? Mm. And, um, and, and it was kind of like at the start, it's kind of like, I'm just like, like something fresh and new to look at and like I've been here a while now. I think I think I'm starting to get irritating, as I tend to. But at the start, it was like every week, let's go out for lunch. Better call the moo. Like Kirstie's going to come. It's going to be great. And we all just you know go out for lunch, the three of us, and you know like have our little throuplet date. And then we come home. And V will be working on her computer because she's like at the end of her masters, so she always has stuff to do. And me and G will hang out and like watch a movie and do the, the other coupley things that like, I'm in a, I'm in a relationship without the rewards, but I love it because I'm super lazy. So I just get to like nap and watch movies and eat and then they can like fight and <laughs> you know, do all the stuff that couples do. Yeah. You, you don't have the, the rewards, but you also don't have the uh, downsides either. Exactly. This somehow seems like the most healthy relationship that you've uh, had recently. It's the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. It really is. <laughs> we'll go out for dinner, the three of us, and V will stay home because she's got work to do. And after dinner, me and G will just like go to a bar or go to a club or something and go dancing. And then we come home and I pass out in my room, which is next door to their bedroom, I have a little room in their house. I live next door, but I also have a room in their house that I <laughs> sleep at sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I just go there to nap in the day because it feels, I feel less guilty there if I'm napping all day. It's more exotic than just napping in your own bedroom? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, I like it. <laughs> all right. It's like a beautiful, a beautiful little relationship that we've built here. Well, it's a weird one, but I'm I'm glad to hear it uh, is not a relationship that ends in tears for once. No, no. It's been, um, yeah, I think you're probably right in saying it. it's probably the healthiest relationship I've ever had. Oh, God. Does this mean <laughs> I have to be polyamorous or some shit? I don't want to do that. I'm too jealous for that. I just like... I just like being the fun girlfriend where I get to watch movies and complain and <laughs> get padded when I'm sad. Sure. Well, uh, <laughs> good luck with that. And it uh, sounds like you can keep it going for a little while until the allure of being the new plaything wears off. I think I'm starting to get irritating now. <laughs> I think it's like, oh, can we just have a dinner without her for once? And everyone's like, oh, we kind of have to ask her. And I'm like, please ask me. But really, nobody wants me there. So I think, I mean, I think it's good that V's gone away for a few weeks to, so everyone can just have a little bit of a rest from me. 
which people tend to need and then I can come back and be all exciting and fresh again. And it'll seem more special when you're napping in their spare bedroom. <laughs> oh my God, I'm the worst. <laughs> Sometimes I just come over for a bath too because my family doesn't have a bath. So I'll just come over and use the spa bath and oh then have God. a nap and go home. <laughs> what a life you're living. <laughs> Or watch Netflix. Well, thank you for regaling with another thrilling uh, insight into the life that is Kirsten. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, needless to say, Kirsty is no longer in a throplet because uh, she just didn't try hard enough to make it work, unfortunately. It's not because uh, those kind of things are just born to fail. No, she uh, just didn't give it her all, and uh, that's her fault. All right, back to the list. Here's a moment from The Bachelor Australia, uh, season seven. I think this clip just really highlights the difference between the American and the Aussie approaches to reality TV or just TV in general. This one was when uh, The Bachelor Matt was called a dog cunt by one of The Bachelorettes, Monique, and uh, Abby told on her. (laughs) Classic. Honestly, all day I felt a bit sick because I wanted to tell you about this, but... I didn't know when to do it. I didn't want to ruin our day and I didn't want to... No, I mean, like, so you, you never need to hold back. Don't feel any discomfort in ever bringing anything up with me. Um, after the cocktail party ended, I told a few girls that we had um, had a kiss because they had asked what had happened. And, uh, and then they were sort of getting upset with me because they didn't think that it was appropriate that I happened at a cocktail party. Okay. Um, and some girls were saying some things about you that were making me a bit upset. Monique in particular was saying things about you that I just didn't, I just didn't... God, okay, there was a phrase that was said that I wanted to tell you, but I don't want to upset you and I don't want it to be this... That's all right, share it. It's... Okay, so she said that you're a dog... And a disrespectful pig. Okay. Noted. All right, let's keep going down the list. How about uh, number 81, The Amazing Race? Um, Who can forget that season where they ran out of money? And so the final challenge is just consisted of people picking up trash along the freeway and cleaning Phil's garage. That was a weird one, I've got to admit. Uh, Number 28. Oh, this is a crazy one. Married at First Sight, Thailand. They were one of the first countries to do the formula. And I think they took the title a little bit too literally because that was the year that they scooped out everyone's eyes. They actually blinded all of the contestants before the very first episode so that they would literally not be able to see each other before the, uh, before the wedding. Yeah, I get that they were stickler for the rules, but it, is, it did seem a bit of a steep price to pay. I guess that's why they didn't do it in subsequent seasons. But, you know, there's always teething issues with these kind of shows. You've got to smooth out the formula as you go. I understand. Or, um, hmm, 42. Uh, how about Rock of Love? That was a great show. Remember where uh, Brett Michaels from Poison had to uh, find a wife or groupie, whatever that was. Uh, it was a dating show anyway. That season where every contestant was just a clone of Rosie O'Donnell. It was, again, another weird one, but riveting television. I've got one final clip for you from the Kirsty experiment. This one is uh, when Kirsty found herself embroiled in the mafia. Yeah, who knew? 
This is the fourth in our special Italian edition. Kirsty, how's it going? Ah, oh, you know. <laughs> the usual. The usual like, chaotic mess. Yeah, okay, cool. Got it. This is a, a strange one. That's what I want to hear. I don't even know how to begin. Just, it was just one of those nights that just got so out of control where you just wake up and think, what? What just happened? <laughs> Who am I? Where am I? What have I done with my life? <laughs> so I went on a throuplet date with G and V, as I tend to do, and we went to this restaurant where they just like serve copious amounts of alcohol. And because we're two Australian women, like it's all very exciting. So they just kind of keep fueling you up with alcohol okay the pizza guy comes out he's this chef he's older i don't know like mid 40s or something not super attractive again kind of sweaty but you know he had an excuse because he'd been in the kitchen all night and apparently like v and g knew him so they kind of started chatting to him and he sat down and was like hanging out with us having a drink with us for a while it was fine it was fun whatever and um he was very flirty and whatever, but he was interesting because he'd actually, you know, 400 Grady in Melbourne where they like spin pizza and stuff and where we went for like the world's best pizza, in, you know, ever. Yeah, it won the best margarita at the yeah, World the Pizza world. Championships or whatever, yeah. Yeah, in the world. Well, he worked there and he lives in my little town, so <laughs> that's kind of cool. So we were talking about that. He, yeah, he like apparently like flies around the world like spinning pizza and you know kind of a big deal <laughs> and yet he just lives in my little town in the middle of nowhere in in Italy anyway next minute we end up back at this guy's house with three other like, old men in their 60s or something I don't know man they were super old and we're just like continuing the party and it's all fun. And it's just like me, V, G and these three old men just getting <laughs> drunk together. It was, very, it was, it was strange, but we didn't really think about it. Um, cause it was fun, you know? And then I like go upstairs to go to the toilet and, um, the pizza guy followed me and he's like flirting with me and being all sleazy and whatever. And, kisses me and I'm like, mm, I don't know what like, is. So lips. I ran back downstairs. Hey? He's trying to kiss you on the lips? Yeah. Where, where, where else is he going to kiss me? This is like a 60-year-old dude. I know. He was like 45. Okay. He's in my age bracket, but sure. he was all like sleazy and slimy and You went into weird. it. Weird. Yeah, I wasn't into it. He was interesting, but I don't want to kiss him. Mm -hmm. And I think I this is the problem, right, with Italian men is that if you are interested in them as – person or listen to their conversation and don't completely shut down everything they say they're like oh my god she's in love with me yeah so it was not so I ran downstairs and like told V and ran away and didn't it wasn't like a big deal I was just like meh <laughs> anyway eventually we went home and we were all just like we just passed out because we we're just it was really like early in the morning now and we were all pretty drunk and you know just went to sleep Woke up the next day and I'm talking to V and I'm like, so who, who was that person? Like, who were these guys? It was a bit weird that we were just partying with these old men, right? In yeah. like a field somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> in a field? 
I thought you were at their house or something. It was a house, but it was in the middle of a field. Okay. It's like kind of this rundown house. Anyway, he's like, oh, yeah, that guy. Um, and, like, I felt safe with them because she knew him and she said that G's parents knew him and stuff. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like, they must be cool people. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's um, he's in the mafia. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Just like, oh, yeah, he's like, he, he's like 100% in the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> they like run like cover businesses and stuff. He's like, I'm pretty sure that restaurant that we went to is like a cover for, you know, like this huge like like drug scheme and everything. And like start telling me all this stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? Why would you let me go to this person's house? So now I'm like freaking the fuck out because – I've accidentally made out with some mafia guy. Well, not only that, but you like rejected him. Well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm surprised I'm still alive. Yeah. I'm, I'm on I'm borrowed time. I'm on borrowed time. So, um, yeah, that's the story of the guy, the time I made out with uh, someone in the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I told Luigi. <clears throat> I've spoken about Luigi before. He's the love of my life. He lives in Canada, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like... What have I told you? Don't make out with old men. Like, if I've told you not to make out with a mafia don once, I've told you a hundred times. And I was like, oh, I know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. <laughs> he came on to me. He did, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> Which really, I mean, he's an old man, so <laughs> he can't really talk. But yeah, he was mad at me for not taking responsibility for my actions. No, I'd be mad at your friends. They took you to the mafia guy's house and they didn't tell you. I feel like that's well, yeah. pertinent information. And I feel like, why Why are you guys friends with some guy in the mafia? Yeah. <laughs> like, he makes good pizza. I mean, I mean yeah. There is that. <laughs> it's a good pizza, but, you know, now I can understand why they can get away with serving so much alcohol and so much food for... Literally like a quarter of the price of anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. That's not where they're making their money from. Apparently he used to have another pizza place that got shut down for, and like, just like, just, just closed one day. Just like was completely barren, like wiped out. Everything was gone. What happened to that pizza place? Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and finally, one, one last little note. I live with a carabinieri, which is a policeman here, but he specializes in catching the people that sell drugs, <laughs> drug traffickers. So I was like, oh, am I like accomplice now because I've made out with some mafia guy? <laughs> You're going to be on like a Italian policeman's wall where they're like trying to connect the dots in pieces of string and photos. It's just me. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> This is just what happened. Did I kneel there? I don't know why I keep doing that. I've never <laughs> done that in my life. <laughs> well, uh, until you uh, get whisked away by the Italian mafia, I just want to say that, you know, if this is the last episode, it's been a pleasure to uh, talk to you. And uh, at least we've got this on record so we know who to uh, go after. Yeah, cool. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, basically brings us to the end of the episode. But uh, before we go, let's just keep running down this list of uh, greatest reality TV moments a little bit. Um, how about on uh, Terrace House? That's the Netflix Japanese uh, reality Big Brother type show. Who can forget the episode where something actually happened? That was a that was an interesting one. I didn't see that coming. Catfish. That's a big one. 
Remember when Max and Neve actually discovered they were catfishing each other for years? Yeah, that was uh, that was shocking. Uh, and finally, uh, my number one best reality TV moment of all time, I'm going to give to Jersey Shore. That was the uh, time that they brought in a new roommate, a uh, young Japanese boy named Kaji. And then Ronnie and Jenny just ate him alive. Like, not just metaphorically, they, they went full cannibal on uh, Kaji and... It was uh, shocking, to say the least. I, I still uh, remember that look of horror in his eyes, and it was uh, something that we'll never forget. So, R.I.P. Kaji, thanks everyone for listening. I think that brings us to the end of another episode, at least uh, until Kirsty hears this and realizes what a gigantic mistake she made for uh, leaving me in charge. But hopefully some of you will be able to download and hear this before it gets uh, inevitably deleted by my sister. You can uh, find Kirsty on social media. I don't know how she ends this. Uh, Facebook.com slash TV and me. I think that's it. Hang on. Uh, yeah, that's the one. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Insane Ramblings or just search for my podcast Insane Ramblings on uh, iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you chuckled at anything I've said in this episode, then, you know, there's a good chance you'll find something there that you like too. So uh, I think that's basically all there is to say apart from uh, get well Kirsty. Hopefully she's back in the driver's seat next week because... None of us need another episode like this one, but I hope at least some of you found it entertaining. And uh, as Kirsty always says at the end of every episode, waka waka waka, I love tacos. <laughs>